0: Are there nerds here tonight, nerds? You are a part of the lucky 10,000 with your hosts, Evan. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. And Carissa.
1: Not hot in spite of being a geek, but because of it.
0: Being a nerd, it's not about what you love. It's about how you love. Hey guys. Hey. This is Evan and I'm Carissa. And we are the Lucky 10,000 and we're the show that wants to get you luckier than Jason Voorhees at a camp counselor con- convention.
1: There you go. Good one.
0: Thanks. I'm working on a new one every every week and I'm starting off this one with the horror because it's October.
1: Yeah, it's your favorite time of year.
0: My favorite time of year. What's your favorite time of year?
1: It's usually October because it's fall, and fall Mm. is my favorite season. So, Mm
0: -hmm. But not because of Halloween.
1: I mean, Halloween is my favorite holiday.
0: Of course it is. So why? Yes, then October is your favorite month. (laughs) (laughs) I make it sound like I'm the only one. I think every sane person should let Halloween be their favorite holiday, but that's just me. I mean, mean, Christmas, season of giving, blah, 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 blah. But... October is where you can finally let loose and act like you've always wanted to act and have it be somewhat socially acceptable.
1: Mostly it's that if I got to act like how I do on Halloween all year, I would be broke.
0: Yeah, that's true too.
1: Like confining that to one day of one month of the year means that I'm not buying new costume pieces every (laughs)
0: like
1: three days and putting them all together.
0: Do you have a plan for what you're going to be this year?
1: Uh, This year, we actually don't. We've been very slacking off because of, like, you know, real life or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which has totally gotten in the way of fun for, like, a year now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But normally we do. We usually go all out, but this year we're, we're falling way behind, and we may end up being very big slackers for the whole holiday, which would suck
0: so bad. Well, you could still celebrate it. Yeah. You can still find a way to celebrate. We
1: I mean, give out candy and stuff. Yeah, that's
0: always fun, seeing what the kids are wearing. I don't know if I'm going to dress up this year. Um, I don't dress up every year. But um, my daughter has decided she's going to be Santa Claus.
1: For Halloween? Yes. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, we got her a beard the other day. She's over the moon.
1: That's That's great.
0: Well, happy Halloween and a happy October to everybody listening, and we were talking about how to sort of uh, get into our first October of this podcast, and since we do take kind of a uh, an aspect of trying to teach ourselves and hopefully you something, we decided the best way to approach the beginning of October would be to approach it scientifically. Uh, slightly scientifically. Slightly scientifically, yes. So we're going to talk about phobias. Yeah. It's, it's really easy to talk about, you know, in October as to celebrate Halloween if you love it like we do. The standard, ooh, I get a ghost story. Or, you know, let's talk about horror movies. And God knows we've done that to death, pun intended. <laughs> but, you know, for anyone that has a phobia, and I don't consider myself one of them, it actually is a real serious thing. Yeah, there's a be.
1: difference between being scared of something and...
0: Having a phobia of a thing. And phobia has become a very commonly used term for people that just really want to emphasize that they're very afraid of something. But say if you're one of those people and a lot of people say this, I have a phobia of spiders. Yet you see a spider in your house and you don't like it and it icks you out but you kill it. You don't really have a phobia of spiders.
1: (laughs) Or, I mean, I will say maybe you do and you have worked very hard for many years to overcome right. it enough to kill a spider.
0: Yes. But when but you're done,
1: you have to shower and you can't sleep for two days and your right. skin hurts and you have a migraine. Like,
0: Right. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. A lot of people, oh, I have a phobia of blah, blah, blah. I would say a majority of people that say that knowingly don't actually have a phobia. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't – when I use that term, I'll usually say it with something like tornadoes, which – You know, I've had some really bad nightmares about tornadoes, and I have been in some pretty severe thunderstorms where I was pretty much gripped by terror. Okay. But, A, you can't go to someone and be like, man, I'm really afraid of tornadoes, and have them go, well, that's completely illogical. Because, you know, you kind of should be afraid of tornadoes if the conditions are right.
1: There's a difference between a fear and a phobia. I mean, maybe we should hit that up top.
0: Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like, I've I've used the phobia thing before because I've had some nightmares about it and because I'm very uncomfortable when storms come. But it's not debilitating. It's not – It's doesn't really negatively impact my life. I don't think about it a lot. And when a storm does come up, it's not like I'm frozen in panic and terror and can't do anything.
1: Okay. So that's yeah. not
0: really a phobia.
1: Like, it is totally possible to have because a phobia is – supposedly an irrational fear of something. Yes. It is possible to have a phobia of something that it is rational to be afraid of. Like it is rational to be afraid of tornadoes or yes. poisonous snakes or, yes. I don't know, other things, high, like severe heights. Yes. Those things are totally rational to be afraid of. It is possible to be phobic of those things, which is not an irrational
0: or a, right. but it a has fear to of something that is irrational. the
1: fear itself is irrational. Yes. The way that your body describes and that's what that I mean fear to I don't
0: have yet. that I just you know if you could ask me what the scariest weather condition is, I would say a tornado, and that's me personally. Uh, hurricanes can be just as bad in fact, worse in fact, we just got through with
1: yeah, you guys you know, are drowning out there in right South
0: here. Carolina got a pretty good dose of some pretty shitty weather,
1: yeah,
0: just a few days ago, uh, Greenville ended up okay. But, you know, there's definitely a lot of damage still in Columbia, Charleston, things like that. But phobias go deeper than that. Phobias go deeper than, you know, if a thunderstorm comes up, I'll go, boy, I hope there's not a tornado coming. Sure. Now, you have told me you do have a couple. I have a couple. Yeah. Well, let's get started with that. We'll talk about yours and your personal experiences. And then we will talk about some other phobias off of phobialist.com. If you're curious about phobias, uh, it's... Really a wealth of information on them.
1: Well, it's at least the whole list of every phobia ever recognized by a reference manual.
0: Right. <laughs> and already I've seen some where I was like, really?
1: Yeah, really? But, you know, okay, whatever. So just right up top, we're just going to embarrass the hell out of me. Is that what we're doing? Just Yeah, yeah? let's do it. Okay. Unless
0: your phobia is embarrassment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Can you imagine trying to be an actor if you have a phobia of embarrassment?
0: Uh, No. <laughs> oh. Although, a it, yeah, that's life. one of those big ones. You know, people say their number one fear is, is is speaking in front of a group. You or I don't have that fear. No. But even then, I don't know if I'd call that a phobia. It's just one thing that most people tend to dread. And yeah, I would like, say... The if, fear
1: of speaking in front of a group is common. I think that yeah. is, in fact, the most common thing that people And not
0: debilitating. ...have
1: a fear of. But, like, I have actually seen someone with a phobia of public speaking. Mm. It was frightening to watch. What did they do? Cold sweats. And, I mean, like sweats immediately that you could see that drenched her whole body wow. like she looked like she had stepped outside in a rainstorm
0: where was this tell me it wasn't speech uh, class
1: <laughs> no where it was some high school something mm. i don't remember what we were doing i think she was being presented an award for
0: oh boy so she just like, had to go up and get an award and yeah that?
1: and basically just say thank you or whatever she didn't have wow. to didn't, like talk about anything. She just had to accept it, say thank you, maybe a couple words about thank you to the Academy for voting yeah. for me or whatever she had to say. Like, I don't even remember the situation anymore because her reaction to doing this was so mm-hmm. profound that it has stuck with me over and above wow. everything else that was going on. Well,
0: Not you know, it's funny. We of, are I, both theater people, so we know a lot of theater people. And there is a difference between acting in a play and speaking in front of a group of people. Um, yeah. And I do know people who are very talented actors who despise public speaking because Um, then it's just you right it's Um, like hey uh, i'm talking most directors at most theaters around here at least anyway uh even if they're not in a show or didn't direct a show it is their responsibility to do the pre-show announcements and hey this is what's coming up for our season hey here are our sponsors please give them a round of applause and in one theater in particular the uh when the artistic director is in a show his you would think that his wife, who is also an actress and a very talented one, would do it, and uh, she will not. Will not get on that stage just to do the pre-show announcement, which is all pre-prepared. Interesting stuff. She hates it. She despises it.
1: Huh. So yeah, That is interesting.
0: It is interesting, but it also kind of—it's sh- just a different part of the brain you have to access to do that. Yeah. So, so number one. Let's, let's go from least phobic to most phobic. For me? Yeah.
1: Mine are all kind of wrapped up together as as the one thing that I am phobic of is actually three different okay. semi-related phobias. Okay. I talk about my phobia when I just talk about it normally is I have a fear of bugs. I'm all afraid of, insects. I'm afraid of bugs. You they, live in Texas. I do.
0: There are some big-ass fucking bugs in Texas.
1: There are. I'm aware. <laughs> I'm painfully aware of how big the bugs are in Texas. Uh, but really, my phobia is technically insects all by itself six legged, oh. creepy crawlies, flying insects. Everybody knows what an insect is. Yeah. I have a fear, I have arachnophobia, fear of spiders, which are eight legged ones. Uh huh. And I have a very more specific subset of my fear of insects, which is fear of cockroaches. Okay. Which is cat's Apparently,
0: (laughs) yeah. Now, what was the uh, main what What is it called to have a fear of insects? Because that is technically three that kind of whittled their way down to. Yeah, it's
1: entomophobia, entomo from insect phobia, phobia, and that's something I've worked really hard on because there are a lot of insects in the world. Uh, Yeah, and many my logical part of me, (laughs) uh, yes, the logical part of me says nearly all of them are totally harmless. Right, But some of them are clearly more harmless than others, like a ladybug. Sure. Ladybugs are perfectly harmless to me. Could
0: you handle a ladybug li- uh, landing on your finger?
1: Mostly, now. Okay. I have worked really hard to get to the point where ladybugs and fireflies. Oh yeah, I love fireflies. Uh, don't bother me.
0: What was your earliest memory of your reaction to insects and spiders and such
1: it's actually one of my mom's favorite stories to tell about oh me <laughs> we were camping in the i believe it was the redwood forest in california
0: i'm assuming at this point your parents did not know you had this phobia well or and camping when you're little, would be very cruel on their part
1: we went camping all the time when i was a kid and i love camping but hmm. we, i mean off was a thing when I was a kid already. Yeah. So we had plenty. Honey, of honey,
0: honey we're getting ready to go. Did you bring your hazmat suit? Yeah. Oh, oh,
1: But we were having a picnic or something under one of the trees in the redwood forest. And a bee came by, as bees are wont to do. Sure. And it didn't land on me. It didn't try to sting anybody. It was just near the table. Yes. And I, I, I was, what, four or five, I think. Mm-hmm. I, really little. And I only kind of vaguely remember this. Mostly, I think, because my mom refuses to not tell this story. (laughs) And I jumped up from the table and started running around the little picnic area screaming, a bee, a bee, a bee, a bee, a bee, a bee, a bee. Like, I wouldn't stop. Wow. I was just panic-stricken over this bee who just happened to be nearby because we were having a picnic. Right. That's not far off from my reaction still, and I'm nearly 40 years old.
0: Well, and, you know, bees... Uh, That kind of makes sense because they can do damage, but I can't remember the last time I was stung by anything, and I've been around plenty of insects that could.
1: One of the things that they tell you is that if you encounter a bee or a wasp is to just be still. Right. They they won't sting you if you're not aggravating them. Just be still. Just stand still. Right. And Z once had a wasp fly onto his glasses. Yes. And crawl around the inside of his glasses yes. and fly up onto his face and get in mm-hmm. his ear. And mm-hmm. he just he just stood there. Yep. He just stood there and let it do that, let it explore, and then it flew away, totally disinterested. Yeah. Me? Because it
0: is investigating you and it just wants to know if there's anything around you or on you that it uses or needs. And once it realizes there isn't, it'll be like, all right, moving on.
1: I would have died. Right. Because I can't be still. I literally right. I physically cannot maintain stillness.
0: <laughs> can I, I tell you a, Can I tell you a story that will not help your phobia?
1: <laughs> Nothing helps my phobia. Go right ahead. Uh
0: I do remember uh us going camping once. My mother had rented some sort of condo out in the woods and it had a like a it was like a second floor thing facing the forest and it had a deck on the back and a, we did see the biggest moth I've ever seen in my life landing on the wall. It was massive. I had no idea they could get that big. But and- the other thing is I do remember sitting out there as a kid, and it was either a bee or a yellow jacket landed on my oh. mouth.
1: Like, like on like your on, lips? On my lips. Uh-huh.
0: And I remember looking at it and not moving and not even being afraid. And it crawled up onto my lip, and I could see its face. And it started investigating the moisture on my bottom lip and actually kind of bit me because it was like, I guess it felt the moisture and thought it might be nectar or something. So it's little proboscis or whatever you yeah. call it did like kind of come out onto my lip and hurt for just a second. And that was when I was like, ow, get away. Because I did because it did and it it realized it wasn't nectar i swatted it away it flew away didn't hurt me at all Mm -mm. but i never got scared i never panicked i was i thought it was kind of cool because i was getting close-up look at its face
1: no Mm -mm. (laughs) no that
0: yes and i said that just to give you the cold sweat
1: (laughs) and you you succeeded and my heart is racing like there are tears in my eyes just imagining that empathetically obviously
0: there is something intrinsically creepy about insects like i do not I have a phobia of them i'm not afraid of them i'm more often fascinated by them just a week ago um i had had a praying mantis fly into the house along with me when i was coming home from rehearsal two nights in a row okay the like, first hey, time what's going happened. on
1: here
0: yeah exactly the first time it happened it flew in the house right by my head landed on the floor and my cat went right for it so i nice. scooped it up into a cup and took it outside the next night i came home and it was on the door And so I swatted it away because I was like, well, you're not getting it again because if you do, the cat will kill you and eat you and thought that I had, you know, swatted it away and it wasn't coming back. And then a few minutes later, I looked down on the floor and there was the cat chomping down on a praying mantis. I'm like, you dumbass.
1: It's so hard to say to explain how a phobia is different from a fear when you're talking about Mm -hmm. things that people are afraid of.
0: Well, you know, it is funny that your rational mind can tell you so many things and your emotional state of being can absolutely take over and give you all the symptoms of a massive fear even while you're because everybody has something or an instance in their life where their emotions just sort of take over and it sounds like with a phobia it's your emotions just rule and (coughs) so you sit there and say this is not in a situation that is going to harm me your emotions are like fuck you brain I don't care
1: Yeah, I don't even get to, this is not a situation that will harm me. Like, that, we don't even get to bypass that. It just doesn't occur. Um, Well, and there are
0: some things, like, you know, that that make perfect sense. I kind of get the thing about insects just because we have sort of been, they're the most alien things on the planet. Except
1: everything that lives in the ocean.
0: Even that, well, even that, though, there's something at least tangibly animalistic about them. Unless you're talking about like crustaceans and crabs and things like that. I mean, if you've ever seen the undershoe the underside of a horseshoe crab, it looks just like a giant fucking bug.
1: Yep. That's because it but. is.
0: Yeah. Well I mean, yeah, it, it is.
1: is. It's an insect.
0: <laughs> Do you have the same like if you were on the beach and you saw a crab coming towards you, would you have the same freak out that you would if a bee landed on you?
1: No. A because I can easily get away from a crab. Uh B. Because
0: crabs are delicious.
1: Actually, I can't do crabs or shellfish at all anymore, hmm. which is just a totally random off, off topic aside. I can't do shrimp or lobster. Like, none of it tastes good to me anymore. Really? Um, shrimp actually have started to freak me out. <laughs>
0: really? I, yeah. You know what? I do think that there are a lot of fears that do tend to get worse as you get older.
1: Some of my insectophobia, my entomophobia has actually gotten better because, like I said, I can handle things like ladybugs and fireflies sure. as long as they're not buzzing me. Right. I can't do buzzing. I can't. No, don't buzz by me. I don't care what you are. Like I can even do... house fly. Oh God. Mm-mm. I can't handle that. <laughs> like if the fly is on the wall, I can at least go. Okay, I will get a fly swatter and carefully swat the fly. Yes. And I can do that, and it is a measured thing for me. I have to make myself do that, but I can. If it's buzzing me, no, nope. I'm out.
0: Hmm.
1: So if it's not buzzing, I can handle mostly anything. If it's way over there, like, I like to look at moths when they're outside.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Moths can be incredibly beautiful. I can't handle them when they're fluttering around me. I can't do hmm. the fluttering. I can't do the buzzing. Yeah, I can't I'm, do any again, of that. Again, in a
0: way, it makes sense. It's not unusual. It's not something I can't wrap my mind around. You know, if I see a cockroach, I'm like, ooh, gross, stomp on it. I don't, you know, freak out. You if can I were stomp to walk on into cockroaches? The house. And- Huh?
1: You can stomp on cockroaches? Oh yeah. <laughs> Lucky you.
0: <laughs> I don't enjoy it I can't. it's not because I'm afraid of them, just because it kind of is gross.
1: I can't physically make myself get that close.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, my friend uh, Helga. You remember Helga? Yep. Uh, she actually has some Madagascar hissing cockroaches.
1: Like on purpose?
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, she like... loves animals. But and I've those held
1: aren't... them. But, Have you really? <laughs> Yeah. I don't think we could ever touch again.
0: Well, you're in Texas. I'm in South Carolina. And neither of us have plans to go to the other place anytime soon, so I don't think we have to worry about it. But if we do, I'll make sure to go through some sort of purification process. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I get I get the fear of insects because they're, you know, they're very alien. Can you watch, like, I've been watching these YouTube videos, uh, Monster Bug Wars or whatever, where they find the an instance of insects meeting in the wild you know predatory insects meeting in the wild and trying to eat one another could you handle watching that
1: i can watch most representations of insects in media mm-hmm. like because i recognize that a tv screen is a tv screen like nothing's but coming out you, of the no, wall at me
0: did you ever watch arachnophobia uh
1: no Mm-mm.
0: would you ever watch arachnophobia
1: no nope. <laughs> not because i know that it would bother me but because i know that it might Right. Because empathetically, I can't I – like hearing you talk about a bee on your face, I can't uh, – <laughs> if I'm watching a whole movie where I'm supposed to empathize with the protagonists of the movie and the whole time the protagonists of the movie are being chased and eaten by spiders, yeah. mm, I don't know that I can handle that. So I'm probably right. not ever going to bother. But I can do <laughs> nature documentaries and stuff for the most part. Sure. There have been a couple that just – Maybe the sound was them buzzing too much or mm-hmm. whatever, and I just couldn't – at some point, I had to cut it off. But for the most part, I'm okay. I have, And had this is not moments. like
0: you saying either that you don't have an appreciation or a fascination with the insect world.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like for the most part, except for mosquitoes and tsetse flies, for the most part, insects need to exist. Except wasps. Fuck wasps. Um, no,
0: you know, my thing is – not because I'm afraid of them, but just because I despise their very existence. Fuck fleas. Get them off the planet.
1: I, I, I have no I problem
0: with extinction when it comes to them.
1: I'm not sure if they actually serve any other purpose except annoyance at this point. So if they don't, then yeah, I'm with you. Like mosquitoes, they serve no function.
0: Right. They're I mean, kids. you could say that they have helped with population control over the years.
1: That's not really a function. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it Could be. Could be.
1: Let's see. So bugs and i have i have a plethora of of really embarrassing stories about shit that my phobias have made me do if you want me to go into them i totally can otherwise we can move on and talk about others
0: Uh, well i I would like to move on but give me one or two
1: okay there was i was up late at night because i couldn't sleep at one point this is actually not all that long ago Mm -hmm. maybe a month i was up and i noticed that my youngest cat was chasing something she likes to get things oh boy she was chasing something it was like Three in the morning, everybody else is asleep, and she was just out here being feisty, which she does. But she was kind of on it for a while, so I eventually looked over to see what she was getting, and she was getting a cockroach. Mm-hmm. The only time I ever managed to find bravery regarding insects is when they are around my pets. I'm not super brave, but I can at least usually <laughs> contain an insect so that it can't get to my pets because I, um, I project my phobia onto them.
0: Well, I think that's actually pretty good because I've done that twice recently. My cat was fucking around with a granddaddy long legs recently, and I was like, A, I don't like killing spiders if they're not dangerous because I'm like they do serve a pretty great purpose. So I usually put them outside. But B, you know, the thing about those types of spiders is they're very poisonous. They just can't – they don't have the fang power to inject it, you know, to break the skin of a human or an animal. But I was like, God, what would happen if he ate it? Nothing. I don't know. So to make sure, I scooped it up and put it outside. Yeah. Same thing happened with a, a millipede recently. It was a big one. Yeah, you so don't want to like, take
1: chances with those because
0: – Yeah, they can, they can fuck you up. So, yeah, I understand that. So, like, you I get
1: protective because your... – I mean, logically, I recognize that a cockroach or a spider or whatever, they're not going to hurt my pets. I get that. Right. And my pets, especially my cats, they're cats. They eat stuff. Like, that's what they do. They're perfectly and, you
0: know, capable. That's a great service to have. That's one of the reasons, yeah. other than just the fact that I adore him, that I love my cats, is because he helps me with the insect control population in my house.
1: Yep, me too. And so, normally, I'm okay, but I will project my phobia onto them. Like, I logically recognize this can't hurt you, but... I am terrified of it. Therefore, I need to make sure that you are protected because illogically it is terrifying and will wreck everything I love. So I will try to protect them. I can't make myself get close enough to step on it Mm -hmm. or hit it with anything. Like normally I am armed with a can of Raid and I have pet safe echo raid, which isn't a neurotoxin, but is like rosemary and mint or something that's oh, okay. bad for insects. It doesn't kill them as quickly, but it will eventually kill them and won't hurt the pets. So right. I have that in one hand and I'm, I have a broom in the other and I am kind of stalking her as she's batting this cockroach around my house, getting to the point where I can spray it and pin it down with the broom right. to kill it. Well, she eventually knocks it into the bathroom where it skitters under the cabinet. Oh, boy. And then she just stands in front of the cabinet and looks at it.
0: <laughs>
1: well, so now she's still in my way and I don't know where it is. Right. Okay. It's, by now it's 3.30. I've been doing this for half an hour. <laughs> Here's the embarrassing part. Okay. I couldn't, get in, I couldn't go into the bathroom. Uh. It took me 10 minutes to turn the light on. Because I had to reach around into the like around the door where I couldn't see, right to turn the light on. I couldn't do that for ten minutes. I had to psych myself up.
0: Where what you were expecting the cockroach to grab you like yeah. in a horror movie? Basically, <laughs> yeah. You thought it might be on the wall, yep.
1: or it and it's hundred because of course the thing is if you see one cockroach, there's right. a thousand more you don't see or whatever, which isn't exactly true in the case of the types of cockroaches I'm talking about. And this isn't like a little baby one inch cockroach. Thing. Right, the kind that people see most. These is are like a Joe's bug. apartment cockroach. They're three right. inches long, an inch wide. They're fucking huge and terrifying. They're they're terrifying, even for people that aren't phobic of them. They're just terrifying looking insects. Mm-hmm. So it's in the bathroom somewhere, and I can't see it. So I finally turn the light on. Still can't see it. She is just staring under the cabinet. Right. And occasionally she'll kind of cock her head, like it's moving or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she had beaten it up a little bit, so I figure mm-hmm. it's limping or whatever so i'm trusting her that she knows that it's still under there and i'm just poised outside the bathroom waiting
0: (laughs) so the cockroach is underneath the cabinet staring at the cat you're behind the cat staring at the cat staring at the cockroach Mm -hmm. okay
1: (laughs) now neither of us can actually see it because it's under the cabinet so after half an hour i finally get tired of waiting for it to come out, and I knock the broom into the cabinet a little to, to jolt it. Mm-hmm. Make noise and see if it'll make him run away, and she can pounce him or I can spray him or whatever. Nothing. Hmm. 20 more minutes goes by, and I do it again, and now I, I kind of push the broom bristles under the cabinet a little bit. Nothing. Then my cat loses interest. So now I'm in the hall. It's maybe 4 a.m. <laughs> maybe 4.30 at this point. I don't even remember. I'm just standing there. I am tired. I hurt so bad from just sta- i've just been standing for an hour mm-hmm. just rigid afraid I've been afraid for a solid hour, just standing there, nothing so finally, the cat's gone, so I finally grab this i take my pet safe can of not neurotoxin and i right. sp- i basically just douse the bathroom I spray under the cabinet, I spray the sides of the cabinet, I spray behind the toilet, I spray toward the shower, I spray under the door. I spray over by the garbage can, and then I just close the door and put everything in front of it and then turn around and leave. Okay. Go to my computer. My heart's racing. I'm, I'm exhausted, and I hurt so bad, but I can't go to sleep because there's a living cockroach
0: right. in
1: my house. If I go to sleep, it'll eat me. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting here still terrified, adrenaline rush, just in so much pain from just standing there rigid for an hour. So Kay gets up at nearly 6 a.m. to go to work. And I'm like, hey, uh, good morning. You have to go do battle for me because it's been two and a half hours and there's still a cockroach in my bathroom. (laughs) He was late for work that morning because he, bless him, he's my bug warrior. Mm -hmm. He tore my bathroom apart. He moved everything that could be moved. He inspected everything that could be inspected. He climbed up to look above the mirror. No cockroach. So Mm. now I did all of that. Probably cockroach wasn't even in the bathroom at all. My cat was just being a bitch. But uh, now I have no idea where he is. There wasn't even a body. It was just gone.
0: Mm -hmm. Which they are wont to do.
1: All day. I just expected there to be a cockroach on me. I couldn't shower in my shower for three days. I had to use my shower to shower. And it didn't go away. Like, there are still moments. It has been almost a month, I think... There are still moments when I go into the bathroom and I have to check before I turn the light on. That's embarrassing story number one, just to illustrate how (laughs) ridiculous this makes me behave. Sure. But that was just me. Like, no one saw me do that. That was just me putting that on myself. Fine. Embarrassing story number two comes when I was out for breakfast with a whole bunch of friends. We were in Austin having a great weekend. We go out for a late Saturday breakfast. It's 10 a.m. or whatever. And it's spring, so it's beautiful the weather is lovely this place that we go has this nice porch which is like tented with clear plastic sheeting so that you can Mm -hmm. see outside but it's slightly protected from the elements Mm -hmm. it's absolutely lovely and we're out on their porch area eating breakfast and of course it's breakfast so we're all pancakes and waffles and syrup and french toast and sweet things and fruit and coffee a bee one a solitary single bee Gets into the plastic sheeting and is in and amongst all of the tables, which is fine. You would expect that. There are flowers around or whatever. He lands on a plate near me where there is syrup. Mm -hmm. Because syrup. Who doesn't like syrup if you're a bee? Everybody
0: likes syrup. If you don't like syrup, I don't want to know you.
1: Right? And he's like, mmm, syrup. And I'm like, mmm, my life is over. (laughs) I immediately push my chair out and, and like back up from the table like I can't deal with that at all him yeah. being that close not that's not happening so K and Z are with me and the other couple of friends at the table know that I'm not good with bugs like they mm-hmm. know that. they've never seen it in action but they recognize this is something that I do mm-hmm. and at this point it's really just me backing up really fast and then being as still as possible and by still I mean absolutely rigid because that is the way that I have learned to be still is to go, like, rigor mortis rigid. Mm-hmm. Every muscle in my body is just completely tight. So I'm just sitting there with my eyes squeezed shut and my whole body tight, and I'm like, just get rid of it. Just make it go. And so they kind of shoo it away. They let it walk around for a minute, and then they're like, okay, be time to be gone. Well, he wasn't satisfied with that, and he just... Stuck around for five minutes, five, ten minutes. He was like, oh, this plate has syrup, and this cup has coffee, and this plate has some power sugar you on it. You can't blame him. No, I don't. I absolutely don't. I'm not trying to, like, <clears throat> super personify this bee as malicious or whatever. He was just a bee. He was doing bee things.
0: It didn't help that you heard a tiny, <laughs> oh, yeah. every few seconds from Insects
1: it. Insects are totally out to get me. They have rallies about it. They oh, yeah. Picket signs that they have, like, death. I've seen their stuff. meetings
0: because yeah. they know I know you. Yeah. I'm like, look, man, I don't want to join up. She's a friend. And they're like, fine, but we're going to get her.
1: Yeah, I know they do. So anyway, he's doing B things. And it, I, he keeps just getting close close to me, which, of course, means I can see him. <sighs> and after, I don't know, 10 minutes, somebody with more logic may be able to remember this time being different. But I would say it was about 10 minutes. I finally just couldn't do it. Like, my heart was beating so fast and I couldn't breathe. My throat was starting to swell up a little bit just from me being very tense and clenchy and I couldn't. It was just really horrible. And I kept backing up from the table like I would he would fly away and I would scoot back forward and then he would come back and I would back away from the table. So finally, I just got to the point where I had to stand away from the table. So now I'm in the middle of a very crowded (laughs) restaurant with friends who don't know this about me Mm -hmm. standing 10 feet back. Just in the middle of a restaurant, with my hands clenched in front of my chest, not breathing very well, squeezing my eyes shut tight, and shaking very slightly. Mm. Like, I look like I'm about to have a fit. And that's mm-hmm. not necessarily a poor guess as to what was about to happen. And everybody's like, uh, is everything okay? And I'm like, mm mm-mm, 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 mm no, B, mm-mm, no. And so finally, Z was just like, you know what? We're done eating. We're going to go. And he just led me like a blind person. He just led me outside, like out the front of the restaurant. We went to stand by the car and we just waited for everybody to finish. Like I had to leave a perfectly wonderful morning. Right. With my friends whose company I enjoy and food that I wasn't actually really done eating because it was delicious. And I embarrassed the shit out of myself just having a fit and then had to go. Like, I'm sorry, she's not fit for public society. We have to go. And I had to be led away because I I couldn't control myself because a bee, one single solitary bee, just a bee, not even like a stingy, angry bee, just like a little buzzy bee wanted some fucking syrup because what bee doesn't want syrup. That's embarrassing story number two. By far, not the most embarrassing or the last story that will ever come out about my behavior in terms of insects.
0: Well, according to phobialist.com, that would mean you can add apophobia to your list of phobias.
1: Apophobia?
0: A P I P H O B I A. What's that? Fear of bees.
1: Oh, that's also melissophobia, is also pretty
0: straightforward. Oh, it, two words on here mean fear of bees?
1: Probably Are more. we sure I, we can trust this guy? Well, it's pretty much, the list is made up of any mention of a phobia in any reference material that has named a phobia as something.
0: Ah. Well, then let's get into this. <clears throat> and thank you for confessing those stories.
1: Uh, yeah. Um,
0: at least it takes a bee for people to realize that you're unfit for public society. Yeah, Mine is just usually when I enter a room filled with people. Um, I've been looking through this list as we've been talking. And the interesting thing to me is how many things on here make perfect absolute sense and I can understand them. And how many things I've seen where I went, huh? That's a thing? Yeah. So uh, let's look at some of these. I'm in the A's, obviously. You know, some of the ones that are acrophobia, fear of heights. Okay, that makes sense. Then some of them are weirdly specific. Yes. Oh, boy. Aeronosophobia, fear of vomiting secondary to air sickness. Not just fear of vomiting, yes. but it has to be because of air sickness. Yes.
1: Fear of vomiting in a plane.
0: <laughs> yes. I, yeah, I guess so. It's like if they were to throw up in a public place anywhere else, they'd be fine. But if it's in a plane, they can't handle it. Yeah. Anglophobia, fear of England or English culture. Yes. Again, very specific. And, you know, I don't know if every phobia can be attributed to some sort of traumatic event. But.
1: Honestly, I think that a lot of phobias are because a phobia is just an anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. Like it's it is secondary or slightly separate from a fear because everyone fears something. Sure. Because that's totally rational. You need to fear things in order to survive. Uh. But an anxiety disorder is, is a different reaction to the input in the, from the world around you. So, mm-hmm. And the phobias are technically just the opposite of philias. So for anything you could have a phobia of, you could also not simultaneously, hopefully, have a philia of it, which mm-hmm. is also like an irrational attachment sure. or appreciation of something. Um, so you can be an Anglophile. I kind of am one a little bit. Oh, yeah. Which so I guess it would make sense then that there would be the opposite in an Anglophobe
0: but i like to me an anglophile makes more sense because that is just simply a fascination yeah. with a culture yeah. especially one that we are tied to so intrinsically and it represents our history basically but to have an irrational fear and to have that that which is so specific and just let's say you have a friend who has that phobia and you don't know it and like, let's watch a movie Come on over. Oh, you know. Oh, there's this great murder mystery coming on the BBC. To, ah! <laughs> screaming. Like, huh. Guess they don't like the BBC. Here's a fear that I just found while we were talking. Um, Oh, boy. They just really need to make these easier. Anuptophobia. A-N-U-P-T-A. Phobia. Okay. I don't. I, I wouldn't say I have this fear, but maybe it's creeping up on me fear of staying single
1: some of them like there are a lot of these that are like i get that it's clearly a phobia of something Mm -hmm. but how would that manifest physically like really
0: uh you know what though i wonder if that would be one of those cases where And I've known people like this where they won't, say, leave a relationship even if they're miserable until they know they've got another one to go to.
1: Like most people – I mean that's technically called serial monogamy. Most people don't do that. They will stay where they're at until it's either literally untenable or they just find something better. But most people, when
0: it becomes untenable, will break up with that person and be single. You know what I mean? I guess. I mean I wonder if it stretches into someone – being so in an unhealthy relationship that they need to get out of. But because there is not another person ready for them, they will not do it.
1: Although this says specifically staying single. I mean, maybe this is just linguistically pedantic but yeah not being single or becoming single but right, staying right, right. single
0: so you've been single for a while and all of a sudden you have a phobia for it i'm a little suspect
1: <laughs> i just i mean maybe it's a thing i'm not trying to say that it isn't i'm no phobia doctor but i don't understand how that would manifest right like i have i have friends I have a couple friends with phobias. I have a lot of friends with fears of stuff, but I have a couple friends with actual phobias. One has a phobia of balloons. Yeah. I get how that manifests, and I see, because it's a physical object, it's Mm. much more like my fear of insects. It's something you can see or hear or recognize in a sensory way, as opposed to a feely sort of way. Mm -hmm. But, like, that's a balloon. I have a phobia of it. Here is my reaction to that. I get that. I have, a, I have one friend who has a phobia, not a fear, a phobia of the dentist, of dental work.
0: So that makes perfect sense.
1: I got really irritated on his behalf because he, ha- he has a full-on like an, an anxiety-driven phobia of mm-hmm. the dentist. Not, I don't like dental work, or it makes me nervous, or it hurts, and I don't like pain. He has a phobia of it. Now, I have a phobia. I get what that means. There have been so many people, he had to have some pretty serious dental work done, Mm -hmm. and he was not taking it well, as you would expect. And he was taking it about as well as I would take somebody saying, okay, you have to go into that room and there's a cockroach there. Yeah. Like that's, and I've explained how that works. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's how he was taking that. And a lot of people were like, oh, yeah, I don't really like the dentist either, but you just get some nitrous oxide. It's fine. No, fucking you don't. And then they were right. like, yeah, I, I I have a fear of the dentist, too, but I found this one who was really nice and it was cool. Like, you don't have a phobia then, so shut the fuck right. up. Right. Well, that's don't... what I
0: mean. It's so overused. Yeah. People say that shit all the time yeah. when they can still handle what they're saying they have a phobia of. Yep. And, I'm like, a phobia is, like, you really can't handle it you can't function yes so i'm I'm assuming whenever that person goes to the dentist they're just like just put me out completely That's,
1: he he is prescribed a drug that they specifically prescribe to it's but he roofies himself well there you go to go to the dentist like i was more than happy to drive him there and back and kind of baby him while he was basically unconscious for 10 hours mm-hmm. like he was able to it's called halcyon this drug it's kind of a little miracle yeah drug. i've heard of halcyon it's basically roofies though like you're functional can move and talk a little but you don't remember it you just give yourself a 10 hour blackout the day just doesn't happen for you right so you know we're driving there and he takes it an hour beforehand we're driving there we're talking and he was like at the end of the day he's like i remember getting into the car and now i am on the couch (laughs) it's like that so either
0: he took that drug or he was abducted by aliens and you just didn't notice
1: yeah exactly it was It's fine because they have ways to work around it, but he has to do that. Like, most people don't have to roofie themselves to have dental work done. They have to take some drugs or whatever to make sure the pain doesn't get to them. But it's really just the pain that's the problem. But again, like... The whole experience is his problem.
0: I don't have a phobia of the dentist, but I can sort of wrap my mind around why you would have that fear. It is someone shoving sharp objects into your mouth and you're helpless.
1: And, like, tugging stuff out. I mean, like, I don't... Yeah. Like I know that even with a cleaning, they've him, got so. that little
0: fucking pick thingy. Yeah, that they're just scraping your teeth with, and it's not pleasant. But it's still like okay, it's a sharp object being shoved into your mouth.
1: Yeah, again, like, kind of like yeah. snakes. It's a perfectly rational thing to not like yeah. and want to avoid. But there is a there is a very stark line between not liking and wanting to avoid something, and having to drug yourself in order to even handle the concept of that occurring.
0: Yeah, and that's why some of these the more abstract ones are so interesting and yeah. so. Like, how do you even because the very next one, we're still in the A's. Yeah. And the very next one is I paraphobia, A-P-E-I-R-O-P-H-O-B-I-A, fear of infinity. Now, I realize infinity is a big concept. Yeah. We really can't truly wrap our minds around it. In fact, in recent years, maybe that's why I'm sort of an agnostic, because I don't care what your paradise vision of heaven or your torture vision of hell is. It's forever. I'm like, I don't care how great it feels. After a while, it's going to get old, and you've still got forever. So, yeah, a fear of infinity. (laughs) I kind of get not being able to understand it, but to actually be afraid of something that none of us will ever experience. Yeah. And how does that translate to a phobia? How does that?
1: It's just the manifestation of some of them. Again, like I even understand how like the fear of failure could
0: manifest. Oh, absolutely! But, but how does the fear of infinity, infinity manifest? Infinity. When do your you life?
1: encounter infinity?
0: Yeah, like, that's what I'm how saying. How
1: do like, you encounter that in order for it to manifest as a phobia? Yeah, I, d- unless I just we're don't. Talk, get
0: unless that. they forgot a word and it should have said fear of infinity gauntlet. <laughs> it's that I can understand because Thanos, you know, he fucks some shit up. Um. So now we're getting into the bees. Okay. Let me find some that, you know, <laughs> Bolshevophobia.
1: The fear of the Bolsheviks? Uh, yes. Yeah. That is exactly what
0: it is. Again, not one you really have to worry. You could say you've got a fear of Bolsheviks. Like, I really have a phobia, but don't worry. I don't think it's ever going to manifest. Yeah. I seriously doubt you're going to be at breakfast with some friends and have a Bolshevik land in your syrup.
1: That would be so- super weird.
0: It would be odd,
1: comrade.
0: <laughs> I must take the syrup now. I would for break the
1: motherland.
0: <laughs> this cantaloupe is coming back to me for the motherland. take <laughs> it. Everybody else at the table is like, just let him explore for a minute. It's not hurting you. He'll go away eventually. So, yeah, that's again how that translates to where it will fuck up your life. I don't know. Just don't go to Russia. Like most of these one, though make...
1: Here's one that I I think sucks worse than many. Hmm. Like fear of food and fear of money. Yeah. Like how, how do, do you, you actually live? function? Literally <laughs> function? You can't because you need you need both of those things to survive. Yes. I don't understand how people like that can function. I feel super bad for anyone who is afflicted with the hopefully very rare fear of food or fear of money
0: well how about this one this is even worse cardiophobia fear of the heart yeah every time it beats you yeah okay oh oh, oh, god
1: (laughs) and you know most of the time like blinking or breathing you ignore that it's happening but every once in a while when it's real quiet or whatever and you can just Mm -hmm. kind of feel your pulse in your neck or hear it beat in your ears i just think of that just random that you don't expect it to happen sort of thing like a a fly buzzing my ear or whatever. Like yeah. that just sudden, totally unexpected panic. Just any time you notice your heart beating, yeah. God, that would not be terrifying. Mention,
0: not to mention the awful cycle that would begin, the endless cycle of if you start to get scared, your heart your, races. Your heart your yep. heart rate goes up and you can really feel it pumping. And you just get more afraid and it, these people just none of them must be alive because at some point their hearts just exploded. Coprophobia, fear yeah. of feces.
1: That was the one that I was just thinking of. Oh, And the fear of feces, it's like people who have a fear of going to the bathroom and will hold it for so long that Mm -hmm. they get like, I mean, so constipated that their entire insides are made up of shit, basically.
0: Yeah, Uh, I did see a documentary. I can't remember if it was on phobias in general, but there was this married couple who uh, had some issues because the wife was so terrified of using the bathroom that she a would barely eat. And when she finally got to the point where she couldn't hold it anymore, brace yourself, after she was done, because she was so afraid of how dirty and nasty it was, she would scrape herself out with a toothbrush. Okay. Every time, which obviously caused some interior damage. Yeah. But to her, it was worth the sacrifice just to feel clean. I mean, surely an enema would have been better. I guess, I don't know. I guess like even to her it was like just the, the possibility that there's anything lingering on the insi- interior wall was I guess, too much.
1: Yeah, the difference between scrubbing your hands and just washing them with soap.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, I mean definitely that shit can be qualified as that's fucking up your life. Yeah, Totally. And there are so many different ways to handle things like that. And I don't mean to mock anyone that has any of these. Uh, Even though I was chuckling at your stories, I even realized that, you know, that was it is a debilitating thing sometimes. Yes. But there was a what do they call it when when they sort of present you with your fears to the point where you can't. It's a a clinical way of dealing with it. Uh, Not aversion therapy, but where they kind of force you to face it head on. Is that aversion therapy? Either way, there was this. Special where they had a bunch of people in this house run by a... Who I think was a licensed psychiatrist oh, like therapist. Like exposure
1: but, therapy? Like, were they actually... Uh, like that if you're afraid of it. spiders, yeah, they dump therapy. a bunch of spiders on you?
0: Yes, yes.
1: Exposure therapy.
0: Yeah. Some of it was really weird. Like, they walked into their rooms and, like, if they had a fear of spiders, then there were plastic spiders everywhere. And that was the first step. Mm-hmm. But the, the funniest one by far, and I'm not laughing at this person's pain... But this was really funny to watch. She had this very strange phobia of running over a baby in her car. okay. Where she would actually drive the same block over and over and over again to make sure she didn't hit someone. Because she just had this awful fear of running over a baby with her car. And she would get through an intersection and then – start to convince herself that she had, she just missed it. Like she didn't see it, but it had happened. So she'd drive the same block over and over again.
1: Did she ever so, realize that doing that increased the chances of her hitting something?
0: You know what? Rational fear, rational uh, uh, mindsets don't 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 apply.
1: No, I was wondering if that fed to her irrationality because like the more you do it, the more likely it is that you're going to do it. Does that I make her know. more likely to do it?
0: she never she never took it from that angle, okay, she never explained it that much That's good. but uh their first <laughs> tactic was Did to they... put her on a little uh sort of uh driver's ed obstacle course, and the therapist had baby dolls and had her driving through and started throwing them at the car
1: Under the tires
0: no, no, at the windshield at oh my god, okay just screaming at her, you ran over a baby, and I just thought, okay. You're just fucking with her at this point. Uh, She's seems like, I have no medical basis for this. I just think it's going to be fucking funny. But, you know, that is a debilitating thing. Yeah, that would be. Imagine how much more time she had to give herself to get somewhere.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it's the same for people with serious or severe obsessive-compulsive disorder, which is very linked to pho- to many phobias, at oh, least. Oh, absolutely. That you have to go through all of these behaviors, these rotes, this way and manner of Going about your life that is just ten times harder than it mm-hmm. technically needs to be, just to function through the day, like mm-hmm. just to get yourself out the door and to the office or whatever.
0: Yeah, like how do you live if you have, for example, icophobia e-i-c-o-phobia, fear of home surroundings? You you don't have a home. <laughs> Let's see, fear of knowledge, epistemopho- <laughs> epistemophobia. <laughs> epistemophobia. Big words now. <laughs> Epistemophobia.
1: Yep, or epistemology. Fear of knowledge. Yep, fear of knowledge.
0: How do you stop that from happening?
1: I have no idea. Drugs. Probably lots of drugs.
0: Euphobia. Fear of hearing good news.
1: You, euphobia. Euphobia. Because <laughs> it's the opposite of euphoria.
0: Yeah. <laughs> some of these do sound a little made up. <laughs> e u p h o you got the job. Ah! Ah! just run out of the room screaming. Galeophobia, fear of cats. I can kind of see that.
1: Yeah, there's a fear. There's a phobia for almost every type mm-hmm. of living creature.
0: Jennyophobia, fear of chins. Oh, God. Again, how does that translate to your life? How do you avoid that? I. You definitely don't watch any Bruce Campbell movies. <laughs> no, certainly not. You never watched The Tonight Show when Jay Leno was on it. Right. Oh, my God. Hedonophobia. Fear of feeling pleasure. Yes. Ugh. I I don't think I could make it.
1: (laughs) It's especially bad for the people who have phobias of things that are natural, like feces or feeling pleasure or your heart. Like, stuff that is inherent to the human condition, if you are afraid of your own self, your (laughs) own physical form, or your own human condition, that... Has to be the worst, just the worst, because you are constantly, constantly seeped in the thing that makes you afraid. Mm-hmm. There is no getting away from the human condition if you are a human. How do you? Drugs. You function with drugs,
0: right? Or you just don't function at all. Or, or because, not I mean, at all. You, don't, yeah, you exactly. don't have any options at that point. I'm not the kind of person that believes everything needs to be medicated, but
1: oh, I didn't necessarily need medical, afraid medical of drugs. Kings, <laughs>
0: You know, yeah. (laughs) I mean, if I was afraid of chins or 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 breathing or my heart, I'd be like, just fucking medicate the shit out of me, please. Also, the names of these strikes me as funny because some of them are so removed from what the phobia is and some of them are so on the nose.
1: Well, a lot of them are Greek or Latin in base.
0: Right. But there's also, you know, hobo phobia fear of bums or beggars Yep. but hippophobia is a fear of horses yes that just strikes me as funny
1: well that's from the greek for horses
0: i always thought the greek for horses was uh equine i don't know Judeophobia, judeophobia fear of jews yeah and in the K's, koneophobia k-o-n-i-o phobia fear of dust which surrounds us at all times yeah some of these are so removed like there was one i can't i can't remember the the name of the phobia but i saw it on the list fear of the northern lights mhm you know that if i was in a phobia support group for example and i had a fear of my own heart and then somebody stood up and said i have a phobia it's pretty debilitating it's a fear of the northern lights i'd yeah. be like oh fuck you yeah get out <laughs> yeah just don't go to where the northern lights are yeah so it's it's just interesting how many types and how many facets of your life these things can take over.
1: Yes, and especially when they're things that like I have I haven't actually known anyone who went to seek out the source of their fear. As a rule, like if you're trying to get over a phobia, some people will do that. Will go Which to is what Every
0: therapy. hero in every movie has to do at some point.
1: Right. But I don't know people like my friend who's afraid of balloons. I've never known her to be like, I'm going to go watch a clown do some right? balloon animals. Like, no, she just doesn't do that she, because that now, Does she level... have a fear
0: of clowns as well?
1: Uh, no. Not that That's I'm aware interesting. of. interesting. I mean, it's a lot just of people balloons. Who,
0: like a legitimate you know, terror from clowns.
1: Chlorophobia, if yeah. I recall correctly. I'm looking at the list. I should probably have looked it up before I said that so f- confidently. Chlorophobia. Chlorophobia. Fear of clowns. Yeah, I don't, even though I watched it and it terrified the shit out of me. Oh, of course. <laughs> I don't, like, have any particular love for them, but there are, apparently, it is one of the more common phobias.
0: I hear it all the time. People are always saying that they're terrified of clowns. And, like, this is the one time where I don't necessarily people are, think people are using phobia incorrectly. Right. Because some of these things, like, you just show them a picture of a clown and you can see it on their face. they yeah. It goes, like, ah And I don't know why that became the sort of purveying one.
1: I don't either. I've never understood where the fear, like the phobia of clowns.
0: I mean, I kind of get it just because there is this lunacy and this forced happiness that's just unnatural about clowns. But to me, at their worst, they're just obnoxious. Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily like being around them unless, you know, they're really good at it. But yeah, it's just... It's just really strange. It's it does seem like almost like we've talked about fetishes before. Right? If you can if you can imagine it, there's a fetish out there for it, which it comes from the same place. I mean, it is you know either I think something has happened to you that that gives you that, or you're just born with it. And I think phobias are probably the same way. I do think some of them are definitely connected to trauma, sure. But most of them are just some intrinsic thing that is unexplained. You know, again. <laughs> this is the last one I'll go over, but some of these are so specific, it's almost funny to me. Zemmophobia, Z-E-M-M-I, phobia. I mean, I've heard a lot of people uh, have a fear of rats, which makes sense. I Again, I don't, but I know plenty sure. of people that do. Fear of the great mole rat. <laughs> Just...
1: That, that one specific creepily one.
0: specific. That one makes me feel like there was some trauma. Not like A the cute little fancy rat
1: family. or the hairless rat or the sewer yeah. rat. The great
0: mole rat. It has to be the great mole rat. Like, you'll know, fucking surround me with rats all day. I'm fine. But by God, if I see that fucking great mole rat... I'm going to lose my shit. That's... I'm not even sure what the great mole rat is. It makes it sound like there's just one of them. Right, it makes like it sound like pumpkin. a character from The Secret of Nim.
1: Let me look it up because now I'm curious. Oh, they're pretty disturbing.
0: <laughs> oh, I got to see this now. We should include a, p- a link to the great mole rat. Okay. Oh, yeah. Look at that. That's a very disturbing animal. Yeah. I mean, it ain't pretty. Well, but honestly, one... how much well, harm can they a... do you?
1: I don't, I don't have any idea. But they look
0: terrifying. <laughs> They do. I mean, I think I saw one of these in a Stephen King movie Um, and it was giant. So, I mean, I guess like looking at something and being grossed out by it, or if I saw one running across my bathroom floor, I'd be like, whoa, what the fuck was that? But to have a phobia of it, to go out of your way, to avoid it out of that intense fear and to have it be something that affects your life, I guess that's what it all boils down to.
1: One of the ones that has become popular on the internet of late has been thalassophobia, mm. which is fear of the open sea. Oh, yeah. If you do a Google image search for thalassophobia, T-H-A-L-A-S-S-O-phobia, mm. and just look at the pictures that come up.
0: Okay. I mean, I kind of get that one. Yeah. It's,
1: there's a very primal human fear of that level of unknown, yes. open nothingness that the sea represents. So as just a rational fear, I get it. I get yeah. why people are not comfortable with the open ocean. Yes. Everything alien lives there. We have no idea what it's like down there. Like, I get it.
0: As a lot of these pictures show, we can be right on top of something and have no idea.
1: Yeah. And the, the one first picture, which is of the person diving into the water from just far away. And it's just a gradient blue. It's a beautiful blue teal gradient with just the splash of a person at the top. And you realize that the rest of that is just water. It's just nothingness. Like I get it. I get why that would be a phobia because I don't have a fear of the ocean. Like I have no problem with the ocean in general, but I have kind of that sort of healthy respect that you have for a rattlesnake. Yes. Sort of thing on a much larger scale, obviously. Like, I don't I wouldn't just dive into the open ocean.
0: No, No. because
1: I'm not dumb.
0: Well, I do. I mean, the ocean does scare me. I'll be honest, not to the point where it's debilitating, not to the point where I couldn't swim in it because my daughter loves it. And so the last two times I've taken her to the beach, I've gone in the water with her. And, you know, once I got in for a few minutes, I was okay. But there's that constant knowledge that there is something in here.
1: I mean, we grew up with Jaws. Yeah. That's a thing that doesn't go
0: away. Like, and some of these pictures are like the surfer looking at the shark. Yeah. I mean, that's just confirmation that Jaws is not an irrational fear.
1: <laughs> and it's like, I love sharks. I love them. Me too. And I wouldn't swim with one. No. Like, that's just not a thing because I'm a rational thinking person.
0: (laughs) Yes. And the other thing is is we just don't know what else is down there.
1: Exactly. And, of course, that has become, in our social culture, our mindset has, you know, with Shark Week and nature programs and the fact that the oceans are at risk from pollution and whatnot, we're much more aware of the ocean now than we ever have been before. Mm -hmm. And I think... Culturally, it is probably thalassophobia, like as an actual phobia, like I can't see pictures of the open ocean. What was that one movie?
0: Open Water. Open
1: Water, like could not, (sighs) even worse than people who just would normally be scared by that, couldn't see that at all. It would send me to the hospital sort of panic fits. I think that that level of phobia for the open ocean is going to grow because we are more exposed to it. And have less understanding of it the more exposed we become. Right. So, people who may not have thalassophobia now, but are like us, that are like, oh, I'm not really big on the open ocean diving. Like, that's not a thing for me. And I'm maybe not a little comfortable with not being able to see the bottom of the water that I'm in. Yeah. Will actually become, I can't look at pictures of the ocean.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, every every time you turn around, there's some new fucked up creature being found at the new depth we can get down to where you're just like, it might not even hurt you, but it just looks horrifying. Yeah. So, yeah, there's so many. And for some reason, right in the middle of all these pictures, there's a picture of a cat stuck in a couch. Of course. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, there's 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 times where it makes perfect sense. And then there's times where I just go. I don't understand how you've been able to live. Yeah. You know, I still can't get out of my head, you know, the one about people being having a phobia of their heart.
1: Yeah. I just just drugs. Yeah. You or otherwise, I, you just I can't wrap my mind around it. Just drugs.
0: So I guess the what we've learned in this episode is that there's just some shit we'll never know.
1: <laughs> That's true. And um, also that you can be afraid of your own heart.
0: Yeah, And yeah. my
1: heart actually Not to scare those people further Seriously goes out to anybody who's afraid of themselves Effectively Because you can't <laughs> yeah, get oh, away from yourself too.
0: And you know we've made jokes and stuff like that But we, we definitely both also understand That a lot of these are things that Are really nothing to be To be mocked We're not doing it in any sort of mean way I think well, no. you know whatever you have You should be able to try and make light of it That's how you deal with it Yeah, But at the same time Yeah and not knowing what it's like to have a true phobia, I definitely am very sympathetic for anyone that does.
1: And knowing what it's like to have a true phobia, I'm really always irritated at people who think they do when they don't.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Well, like, they, you know. I'm, the- I'm able to laugh about mine because I, I recognize that from the outside, it's completely ridiculous. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. And it makes me look ridiculous. It makes me do ridiculous things because no one else will have seen the little tiny gnat that buzzed my ear and made me scream and like (laughs) roll into a fetal position outside on the sidewalk like no one would have seen the bug that made me do that they just noticed me have a sudden fit right for no reason at all like i get it it looks retarded i understand yeah so i can see that from the outside and it doesn't bother me but it's like oh yeah i don't like the dentist either you'll be fine like fucking shut up shut up
0: yeah don't you just don't know And that's why, you know, so just be careful. That's what we're learning today, people. Be careful how you use certain words. Sure. Yeah. And, you know, we've learned some things about some very interesting phobias we've never heard of before.
1: (laughs) And I'm probably, I've looked over this list before because I find it fascinating. I'm probably going to go through it all again just for the hell of it now that we've encountered it once more.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And if you do want some genuine chills, go to the Thalassophobia Google Images page, because even the fictional things
1: are
0: pretty terrifying. Yeah. Did you see the one with the feet and the eyeball? Yes. Oh,
1: that one picture of the open ocean with the diver at the top that has been reimagined several times. Now, my favorite reimagining is the very, very faint kind of silhouetted look at Cthulhu at the bottom. Yes. That's a really great shot.
0: Yeah. People love to make – and I think it's because the, the ocean's pretty e- easy to Photoshop. Yes,
1: because it's People do all blue.
0: love to create those images and even when, again, rationally you know it's fake, yeah. you still get – understand the fear so much. Well, it's those freaking basking sharks too, the ones that have their oh, the, mouths. Oh, the huge mouth. Oh, my yeah. God. They're completely harmless to Absolutely, us. and they're but awesome. every time I see footage of one of those things in the water, I get a chill up my spine. It's
1: like, my living room could fit in your face.
0: Yes. <laughs> and you don't even intend to hurt me. You have no interest in me. But you're coming out of the darkness with this gaping maw that could, if you wanted to, swallow me whole.
1: Yep, and you don't even know I'm there. Like, you just don't even give a shit.
0: No, yeah, you don't care. <laughs> it's not like you're sympathetic with me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, you just don't eat me. Like if i got stuck in your mouth i might die and then you wouldn't even eat me you just spit me out yep i mean there was that uh that footage of the beluga whale that decided to play with that woman in the ocean do you remember that vaguely oh it's one
1: of the scariest things
0: cuz they're very peaceful intelligent creatures yes. and they like to play but if you're playing with a child that is 10 times stronger than you in the and there's footage of it in the middle of this playing session it Chomps down on her thigh and starts dragging her down into the ocean.
1: Yeah, come play with me forever and ever and ever
0: and ever. ever. Well, if that's not the best way to end our first episode of October, I don't know what (laughs) is. So, um, Carissa, where can they get some more information on us or contact us?
1: You can get in touch with us through our email at Lucky10,000, all spelled out, Lucky10,000 at Gmail or on Twitter at Lucky underscore 10K.
0: And, you know, uh, if you want to review us on Stitcher, you can do that. We will read out your review. And if there's something, you know, geek-centric or something that you're interested in that maybe you would like us to talk about or learn more about and talk about, uh, let us know. Absolutely. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. We hope you have a great October. We hope you don't have any debilitating phobias. But at least at some point during this month, just do us a favor and get yourself scared. (laughs) It's the best way to celebrate the season. It's true. So, until next time, I hope you got lucky tonight. Good night, nerds. Thank you for being a part of the Lucky 10,000 with your hosts, Evan and Carissa. Email us at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10K. And visit our podcast network site at beardedpodsnetwork.com